the AFL X Blaine today. Just what the hell it is, how we tune in, and what should we expect? It's Tuesday, Feb 13 on today's Splash. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. Thank you, everyone out there, for tuning in. Fox Footy's Riley Beveridge joins us in a moment. Welcome to The Splash on this Tuesday. Let's get straight into some headlines before we uh, open up our conversation regarding the AFLX. Uh, Aussie cricketing captain Steve Smith revealed he was cooked after the Ashes as he collected a second Allen Border medal last night. Elise Perry took the top gong in the women's category. Uh, In the NRL reporter James Hooper has revealed details of the Roosters' gruelling pre-season camp in Queenstown. And Mal Meninga has some stern advice for troubled uh, Storm star Cam Munster uh, in the Winter Olympics. Scotty James, his half-pipe qualifiers uh, this afternoon, Tuesday afternoon. Head to the website for all the details on that as we uh, cover all that live blogging and all the rest of it. Uh, Matt Graham picked up our first silver in last night's Men's Moguls. And in AFL... News, AFL X News more specifically, uh, Fremantle captain Nat Fife has been ruled out of competing in the inaugural AFL X competition. Uh, and that transitions us into today's main topic on the splash, the AFL X kicking off this Thursday at Hindmarsh Stadium in Adelaide. Uh, and for more, we're joined by Fox Footy's Riley Beveridge down in Melbourne. Welcome, Riles. Good Phil. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. So three uh, consecutive days of AFL action, AFLX action, I should say, happening this weekend, starting in Adelaide Thursday, Melbourne at Etihad Friday, and then up in Sydney at Allianz Stadium Saturday, uh, and of course, Allianz being a rectangular stadium, that being one of the uh, implemented rules for this new AFLX concept, I suppose. Riles, tell us more about this format and a little bit about the rules and that kind of stuff, things that we can expect later this week. Well, it's the, the new format of the game, which the AFL hopes will, will bring a sort of a new breed of fans to game. Hopefully, hopefully it'll entertain younger kids, keep them involved, keep them active. It's the game they, I think eventually they probably want to roll out within junior competitions because it is a smaller ground. Mm. So, yeah, as you said, it's played on a, on a soccer-sized field. Um, different rules like last touch out of bounds, which makes the ball keep moving. No stoppages goes a lot quicker. Um, obviously the smaller ground brings in new elements while kicking for goals. So goals from outside 40 meters are worth 10 points, which, which gives, uh, which gives clubs an incentive to, to go back and have a shot when they're from a fair distance out. Um, it's no ball ups after goals. So kick out straight from the goal line which, again, the AFL hopes will make it a lot more faster-paced. You don't have to wait and have that break in play to go straight back to the, uh, straight back to the middle of the ground. So, basically, a few clubs have run, have run trials of it at, uh, at, at clubs, uh, at training sessions, sorry, and, and intra-club matches within themselves to see how it's all played. And I think what you're seeing is 
the two 10-minute halves, you think, scores around 140 or 150 per team. So that just goes to show how high-scoring it will be and how sort of, hopefully, how entertaining it will be. I was going to say, kind of like basketball, if, if it's 10 points from beyond uh, 40 metres, you know, on a on a your rugby league, rugby union, or soccer, football uh, grounds, that's basically like halfway. So uh, mm. that's it's going to be pretty insane um silver balls as well a couple of other little things yeah. what's going i don't what's going on with the circus acts that were uh involved at the launch the the strong men and and the and the like well, I think it's just another way the AFL is hoping to entice sort of younger families to games. Yeah. We've seen the success that, that, that the Big Bash has had and 2020 cricket around the world's had in, in bringing younger kids to games. I think the AFL wants to keep as many people entertained as possible. So we've got the silver balls which are rolling out. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks, a lot of flares, um, a lot of sort of circus Flamethrowers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of that, I think, a, a lot of stuff just to keep people entertained particularly in breaks of play. I think, um, as you said, there's a lot of action. So the concept is that out of the 18 clubs, they're split into six groups who play across three different nights. Um, So every club plays twice within uh, within a night. So... um, I think, I think the other thing it'll do is it'll bring a whole range and, and variety of fans to games, given the fact that there's going to be six clubs playing on the one night, I think, mm. particularly at Etihad Stadium on Friday night, it's six Victorian clubs playing there. So yeah. you'll, you'll, get, you'll, you'll have the, the, the prospect of, of six different supporter bases coming out and watching the game. So, look, it should be entertaining, hopefully. Uh, I think everyone's sort of waiting with bated breath to see what it's actually like because there's yeah. been training sessions where clubs have sort of trialled it, but nothing too concrete. And it's, it's been rolled out very quickly. It was only announced that it was going to be, well, that, that this was actually a thing back in, I think it was midway through last year. So yeah. um, there hasn't really been much time to sort of process the news. I think we finished the AFL season. We sort of all took a deep breath and now we've gone again back into AFLX. So it's going to be interesting to see because not many people know what it's about, but, but I think it's a sport which is pretty malleable. So I think you'll see, in, in maybe two or three years' time, it's going to look a lot different to what it looks like on yeah. Thursday night and across the weekend. Yeah, CEO Gil McLaughlin uh, touched on at the, the launch last week um, the potential to take it over to Hong Kong at the end mm. of this year, at the end of 2018. Uh, and, of course, playing it on a rectangular uh, pitch allows the AFL much more realistically to export this product overseas a lot faster Places, you know, Old Trafford over in England, across mm. Europe on football pitches, over to uh, the States as well, potentially uh, on some of those huge um, grounds that we see NFL franchises rolled out onto. Um, realistically, what sort of impacts do you think this, this brand, without ever having had a look at it, of, of course, might be able to have overseas uh, and the, um, the, the potential for growth and, and expansion? Well, that, that's probably the most exciting thing about it thus far is the fact that Gil did touch on the fact that they hope to, to take it out to Hong Kong and, and, and eventually spread it through Asia and then potentially into Europe and America as well. So I think um, I think the fact that it's so short, uh, games are, what, 20 minutes each with two 10-minute halves, there's only seven players per field. It's going to be super quick, end-to-end stuff like basketball is. So the fact that you've got this really sort of attractive prospect uh, that, that will get a whole bunch of more people entertained is probably what's enticing the AFL to move and branch into to Asian countries and then hopefully even further overseas. So 
Well, it's, it's the game that's probably going to be most appealing to people in those countries, the people that are foreign to the AFL and don't really know much about the AFL, as opposed to a full-length game uh, as it stands at the moment, which is a bit longer, a bit slower, um, a few more complexities within the rules as well. So I think the fact that it's so simplistic, the fact that it's so easy, or it's probably going to be so easy to watch and so high-scoring is what's going to make it so attractive for people overseas. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for those listening at home as well, as Riley has mentioned, two 10-minute halves, we're going to have seven players on the park for each team, three on a bench, uh, and each club has been asked to name a 14-player squad. Um, some of those teams have come out for the teams playing on Thursday over in Adelaide. Uh, you've got like Fremantle, Geelong, Port Adelaide in Group A, Adelaide, Collingwood, West Coast in Group B. We're seeing a lot of those clubs naming very youthful squads, and we'll touch on mm. that in a moment, um, and then also we've got uh, l- little rules like the only kick-ins um, from behind goals after all scores. So again, that's going to look very basketball-esque, just the ball going from kind of end to end with each uh, possession. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, last touch out of bounds, free kicks, um, and uh, uh, what else have we got? 25-metre penalties, not 50-metre penalties, um, end-to-end stuff. Riley, what sort of crowd can you expect let's uh let's start with adelaide hindmarsh stadium uh thursday night do you think this is going to attract um big numbers and then again at, at eddie had on friday with all six teams represented from uh the victoria region i think eddie had stadiums probably the biggest litmus test for the afl because um the fact is that it's the only time they're not playing it on a rectangular ground. You mentioned Hindmarsh and Allianz Stadium. Yeah. Etihad Stadium is an AFL ground. So, and it's, it's the highest capacity as well with a capacity of about 55,000. So that's going to be a big litmus test. The fact that there's six Victorian clubs playing as well. Uh, they'll want to get a big audience for that one. Um, I think the AFL did initially try and book out Amy Park to play it there in front of a reduced crowd and on an actual soccer pitch. But, yeah. but the fact of the matter is that I think, uh, I think Melbourne Storm are playing, uh, Leeds on Friday night in, in the in the league. So yeah. they can't actually use that ground. So um look I think Eddie Hat's gonna be the big test. Obviously High March is a smaller smaller crowd, but I think you will see a lot of people probably just go for the intrigue. The fact they don't really know what it looks like. The fact they don't really know much about it. It's the first real chance to see the AFL teams back in action. Um, so I think a lot of people will go certainly, certainly because they're, they're intrigued about it, not, not necessarily because they're excited for the prospect. So, um, look, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully the crowds do flock to the games because, because it's always good seeing, uh, seeing supporters at the grounds. But, um, but yeah, it certainly will be interesting to see, see what sort of crowds we do get. As a, a, as a footy fan as well, I want to go and see uh, the players that uh, have come out of the draft particularly. So these these new guys in their first year, Cam Rayner, of course, is the one on everyone's lips uh, up in Brizzy. But um, it, it, this is clearly a sort of a, a game that um, is going to suit younger, pacier, faster, more agile players' roles um, mm-hmm. and, and clubs are using it as an opportunity to um, to give their younger players a taste uh, of playing against, uh, you know, some of the best players in the country and, and perhaps not rolling out all their big guns. 
Yeah, well, we saw West Coast last night sort of made the first real headlines in terms of selection. They they announced a 15-man squad, and of that 15-man squad, they had 11 players yet to make their AFL debuts. Yeah, so right. that sort of goes to show the, the direction that the clubs, I think we'll see a lot more over the next couple of days when the rest of the teams are announced, but I think that's the sort of direction clubs will go with. They'll sort of use this trial as, as a means of, of giving their youngsters a chance to perform in front of what could be a big crowd and an even bigger audience watching on TV. So I doubt, doubt you'll see too many experienced players playing. I think West Coast named Liam Duggan who's 22 years old and he's only played 40 odd games. They've named him as their captain which mm-hmm. goes to show um, just, just how inexperienced that squad is. Similar with Adelaide, uh, obviously they're coming off a month shorter break given they made, they made it to the grand final but but they've only named two players from that grand final side in, in their 18 men squad. 10 of their 18 men squad haven't made their AFL debuts. So I think we'll see youthful players playing. Uh, it's certainly, from, from everything that coaches and assistant coaches and, and the players have told us, it's certainly a fast-paced game. So I think we'll see the players who have a lot of breakout speed and, and the bigger kicks, the more penetrating kicks, will certainly excel in this game. Um, so I think there's reason why clubs are taking a youthful approach as to, as to blooding their more experienced players. Luckily, as many rotations as, as you want uh, in this format mm-hmm. as well. How seriously are AFL clubs treating it, Riley? I know you've just mentioned uh, maybe uh, the answer we would lean towards is not very, given the teams mm-hmm. that they're uh, that they're announcing for this format. But uh, are clubs seeing it as a genuine opportunity um, for some of these younger guys, or seeing it more as a as an obligation? Look. It's hard to say. I know some coaches have, have hand, given the reins of, of coaching to their assistants for it, which goes to show that perhaps they're not taking it as seriously as, as the AFL might like. We saw the West Coast team. I think the, the entire 15-man squad uh, for, of West Coast's AFLX squad is is got an average games played, I think, is about six. So that goes to show how serious they're taking it. But then you've got other clubs who, I mean, who might put more into it. They've got young kids they want to blood through. They've got players who have arrived from other clubs they want to see for the first time. Um, but at the end of the day, I think almost the risk sort of outweighs the reward in a sense by playing more experienced players. Um, the AFL confirmed this week that, that any suspensions picked up from the AFLX will carry over into the home and away season. So wow. there's no point if you, if you arrive a fraction late to contest and, and you get a week for it, you'll miss around one of the AFL seasons. So that's a huge risk. Um, obviously injury as well. You don't, you don't want your best players getting injured in what is a pretty much a practice game. So, um, look, I think, I think clubs are wary of the risk. They're wary of, of, of playing their best players. And I think that's why we're going to see a lot more youthful sides. You mentioned the risks. What are the rewards? Uh, for doing well at the the AFLX? Well, the rewards are sort of, I suppose, getting getting game time into players that might otherwise not have that that, that opportunity. I mean, uh, the, at the end of the day, as much as we can we can criticise or, or analyse West Coast's decision to name 11 players who haven't played a game, that's 11 players who are going to get their opportunity to show what they can do in front of what is hopefully a big audience watching at home from TV. They'll be aware of that. It's the first time AFLX has been rolled out. Adam Simpson, I'm sure, West Coast coach will be watching and, and will be eager to know as the period, as the club goes through a period of transition, what these players can do. Um, so, so look, they'll be keen to show their, their, show what they're capable of. In terms of overall what the rewards are, I don't think it's much. I think it's just, um, I think it's just a little trophy they get at the end. So there's not much glory <laughs> in winning, winning an AFLX tournament. No, I don't think we'll see clubs go hammer and tong at it. What's going to be your, uh, viewing strategy, Riley? Have you, uh, sort of, penciled in a few things that you're going to be specifically looking for or are you just going to 
kick back, uh, maybe crack open a cold one and just, <laughs> uh, and just see what happens? Well, at the end of the day, I, I will watch it with a bit of intrigue as to, as to what it actually looks like and how it can improve what the ticks and crosses are for AFLX. But at the same time, I am looking forward to watching some of the young players come through that, that we haven't necessarily seen in an AFL environment yet. So that should be interesting. I'm going on Friday night to the games at Etihad Stadium for foxfooty.com.au. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be able to write something just taking in the sort of, uh, the sort of atmosphere around the ground of whether or not the people and the fans and the ticket holders, uh, embrace the occasion, whether or not they're skeptical of it and whether or not if it's just a, if it's just a spectacle and whether or not they'll be there again next year because I think there'll be a big crowd this week as, as we see what the actual AFLX competition is. But the, 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 the tricky thing for the AFL is trying to sustain that crowd and trying to get people to keep coming back. So I think that the test for the AFL will be to see in five, ten years' time whether or not this is still going and whether or not it's still viable to take overseas. So the AFL will be hopeful of, of delivering a product that captures the, the imagination of their audience and we wait and see whether or not they can do that. And of course... Fox Footy will be broadcasting all the action live uh, on the Fox Footy on TV, of course, and the website foxsports.com.au will be covering it in the build-up and uh, later this week, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday afternoon as well. Uh, Riley, thank you for your uh, contribution in in explaining exactly what the AFLX is. Uh, Just quickly while I've got you as well, on the website today, we've seen a couple of stories pop up regarding uh, list uh, list management, uh, mm. and of, of course, uh, Damien Hardwick, the uh, premiership winning Richmond Tigers coach, uh, has been on the front foot. Can you explain this one briefly for us? Yeah, so Richmond had a situation where Ben Griffiths retired uh, earlier this year after the list list lodgement deadlines had passed. He retired to go. Uh, just to take up other, other avenues and throughout his career. So, um, and, and Richmond had been left one player short throughout for the rest of the 2018 season. Obviously, once the deadline passes for making list changes, you can't add or remove players from that list. So they're going to be one player down. Basically, what Richmond coach Damien Hardwick has said is that they should be able to go to the best state league players around the competition, whether it's the VFL, the Sandful, the Waffle, the Neeful, and pluck the best player from that competition and fill the vacancy they now have on their list through Griffith's retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, look, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of questions to be asked as to whether or not this is something that's viable in the future. I know AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin is all for it um, for, for mid-season trading or drafting um, in the future and whether or not it's, it's potentially, if they're able to do that. So, We'll see. I think I think there's probably too many questions to be asked at the moment as to whether or not what avenue they go down, whether or not it's drafting, whether or not it's trading, whether or not they just have a free agency period where virtually every player who's not in an AFL club list is a free agent. There's so much stuff to work out that I can't see a change being made to list lodgement rules in the foreseeable future. But but Dim has certainly voiced his frustrations. It's certainly got people talking and they'll put it on the agenda for the next couple of weeks. So it's all very interesting stuff. And uh, St Kilda... Uh, what's going on over there? I believe they're trying to uh, take a few leaves out of the books of some of their uh, rivals off the park. Yeah, I was down at St Kilda last Friday in Sandringham. I uh, spoke to a couple of the players. Really interesting stuff. The fact that they've, they said they've, they've taken a leaf from uh, from Richmond and the Western Bulldogs books, not necessarily in terms of how they've gone about it on the field, but also away from it. So they realised that, that 
They were both incredibly tight-knit groups who really played and really cared for each other on the field. They said they got a massive sense of that whenever they played them, and particularly in September when finals footy came around, you really noticed that. So they've tried a number of things over the off-season to sort of form tighter relationships within the group, and you could really see that at Friday's session. They were all playing for each other. They were all dishing out incredible amounts of feedback on the park, and uh, and they look like they're, they're priming themselves for a finals charge in 2018. They've been six years now, I think, without finals. So they've got a really strong young list. They just missed out last year, I think, by a game uh, from the top eight. So it be interesting to see where they go this year, but I think they're going in the right direction. Yeah, it's been a, a long rebuild. Uh, Riley Beveridge, you as a journalist, you're right in your premiership window, uh, and, <laughs> and, and well done today. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> so I mentioned the six teams involved in the action at Hindmarsh Stadium, Adelaide, this Thursday. Uh, down in Eddie had Friday night uh, in Melbourne, of course. Group A consists of Carlton, Melbourne, North Melbourne, and Group B consists of Essendon, Hawthorne, and St Kilda. Those two groups will play in a little round robin, and then grand finalists will be determined from that grand final action that night. Uh, and then up in Sydney Saturday, up at Allianz Stadium, of course, the Sydney Football Stadium. Group A consists of GWS, Richmond and Brisbane. Group B consists of Gold Coast, Sydney Swans and the Western Bulldogs. So all the Eastern Seaboard teams plus the last two premiership winning outfits. Uh, that's what the AFLX is going to look like over three nights. Um, and, w- and one final thank you to... Riley Beveridge uh, for joining us on the Splash today. That'll do us on this Tuesday. Uh, of course, that AFLX action kicks off this Thursday. Uh, join the conversation with me on Twitter at Phil underscore prior. That's a wrap. <laughs>